Welcome back, everyone, to the Vaccine Conversation with Melissa and Dr. Bob. Today, we are continuing our interview with Dr. Bob. So if you missed the first episode, go back and check it out. Part one with Dr. Bob Sears, an in-depth interview, getting to know more about him, his career, what kind of led him to where he is. We've talked about some of the stuff on the podcast, but figured we'd make it a dedicated episode. And so today, we're going to continue learning more about this man, uh, many of you <laughs> that see him as a hero, and, and he's written a book that brought you into the topic of vaccines and given you uh, a lot more information on this to help guide your family to make informed decisions. So let's continue our interview now. What led you to be interested in the topic of vaccines enough to where you wanted to write a book on it? And when, what was your initial kind of idea of like what kind of book it was going to be? Like what was the purpose of the book and what led you there? Yeah. Um, and I would maybe uh, refer people, they can listen back to one of our very first podcasts where we kind of talk about each other's stories, kind of what led me into the whole vaccine issue to begin with. So maybe, you know, yeah, so not that yeah. part, but more right. so like you're practicing, you've already had this right. interest in vaccines, but what made you think, I need to write a book about this and yeah. what kind of book does it need to be? Yeah, so it was basically as I was giving these evening lectures to patients in my office, because I, I, I was already providing alternative vaccine schedules. I was already, I'd already slowed the, the schedule down. Um, I Did always, you think it was concerning? That it had been ramped up the way it had. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I saw the the big schedule and mm-hmm. and the, the the stupidity of having hepatitis B vaccine on the schedule for every American newborn mm-hmm. is kind of what woke me up to even scrutinize the schedule. And so then I, I realized, hey, I need to give the vaccines for infants, you know, for diseases that that are are really you know problematic diseases mm-hmm. for babies. And and so I basically prioritized the schedule and delayed vaccines that were that were less critical for the first year that could be given later because we don't have that disease in the United States. And and so many patients wanted that approach. And so I was very happy to offer that approach. And a lot of people followed my my selective alternative schedule. And but then I, I was having like these hour long patient consults with each individual patient mm-hmm. who wanted to basically, you know, pick my brain about vaccines. And I kind of got tired after maybe the hundredth visit. I thought, well, I'm saying the same thing to every patient over and over again. I started changing that into group visits. And we'd have these patient meetings in my office every week and I'd give the same lecture to like 10 patients. But then after the, you know, the 10th one of those, I was like, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, the same, same lecture over and over again. I'm like, I'm just going to write all this down. So I basically wrote it as a typed out word document, Mm -hmm. my lecture. And then I was like, hey, this would be a cool book. And and then my dad's like, this is, I think, probably the one of the times I did not take his advice. Mm-hmm. My dad's like, please don't write a vaccine book. Oh, my gosh. Please, 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 please don't write a vaccine book. Because he knew what, you know, the, the controversy it was. And you're like, Dad, I'm going to go see Underground tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, not only is that funny, but you totally got the name wrong. Underground? Uh, Undercover. Undercover. 
Undercover. Okay. Okay. Dad, I'm going to go see Undercover tonight. If you see a pillow under my bed, that's me sleeping. That's so funny. AKA, um, I'm going to publish this vaccine book. Yeah, yeah. So Underground. I, Undercover. I, I, I basically wrote it as a Word document, and I gave it to a bunch of patients. I said, can you read this? Can you critique it? Give me feedback. And it was vetted by a lot of patients uh, for you know a few months. And, and then I, I basically published the book, and... And then the publisher and my father had a, a talk with me and, and basically said, we need to do some editing here. We need to kind of present it a little bit more softly. We need to kind of make it a little bit more palatable for mainstream and, and maybe not, you know, kind of soften, you know, some mm -hmm. of the, you know, uh, negative things or, or if you're, if you're basically discussing some risks about like it vaccines. can cause brain damage some of the time, but you know, it's just not for everybody. But anyway, moving on to this section, <laughs> I basically had to kind of, um, infuse the book with some like, uh, I don't know what the term is qualifying, qualifying, you know, s statements like, well, I, I'm I'm a pro vaccine doctor, mm. and vaccines have risk. Mm -hmm. Or you know, you know, instead of vaccines have risks. Right, right, yeah. exactly, uh -huh. exactly. Um, and, and so I vaccines kind of have like, saved millions of lives, right. but they also have risks for some. Yes, yeah, no, you're right. I had to kind of like pepper the book with with yeah. a lot of statements like that, and and actually had to kind of you know leave certain things out of the book, and I had to kind of do that in order for the book to be published as part of the Sears parenting, mm. you know, library of books. And at that point, your dad already had how many books? He had, I don't know, seven or eight maybe in, in the and library. And they were all very successful. Yeah, yeah, they right? were. And, and so, so I agreed to it, mm -hmm. you know, and, but it, it was also, it was an honest reflection of kind of how I felt back then about sure. vaccines. This was basically yeah. 2005 and six when I wrote the book and it was published in 2007. And, and yeah, and I think it was, it was, it was honest and fair it left some things out that I couldn't like, you know, maybe prove or give you know evidence for, and and so it was the, the first version. I was very proud of it, and and I think I felt like I just had to do it. I mean, I feel like you know it's all about informed consent. I mean, that's what we're all about now. But I was way about mm -hmm. that. I simply my mission in life was to not steer anybody or not have an agenda, but basically lay out here's the pros, here's the cons, make your decision. And so did you go on a book tour after that was published? Yeah, yeah. And how did you get that set up? You know, back then you could get on news shows, you know, everywhere. They're happy to talk about vaccines and vaccine, you know, controversies. And, oh, yeah, it was like wide open. I was So on, were you nervous doing the interviews? Oh, totally. I mean, I mean, if you saw some of the footage, I, I was probably so dorky. I mean, I was... I was <laughs> so nothing's changed. <laughs> 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 okay, fine. Nothing's changed. But, um, no, but um, yeah, I didn't have any media training, but uh, um, it was it was fun. It was interesting to do, and you know, reporters were were kind of interested. In it, but I, I was very soft about it. I was basically mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, you know, vaccines are important, and yeah, vaccines, you know, have have helped you know eliminate lots of diseases. But here's a different way you can do. Yeah, that. yeah, and mm -hmm. you know, vaccines can have some side effects. So let's look out for this. And if you're if you're concerned about vaccines or you're worried about giving too many, here's a slower way to do it. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my platform. Right. Here's a slower way to do it. And I, so I think, you know, news outlets were, were very accepting mm -hmm. of that kind of moderate, moderate viewpoint. Um, so were you surprised that the book was successful? Um, no, it was, um, 
like the only other couple of books out there were, you know, that were sort of complete vaccine guides was uh, what your doctor may not be telling you about your childhood vaccines. Was that uh, Cave? Was that Stephanie Cave? I don't know. I haven't seen that. It was Stephanie Cave. That was Mm -hmm. one of the original ones that came before mine. Um, It was very, it was was a very good book as well. I think mine was probably the second overall like book Mm -hmm. that kind of covered the the whole, but it was softer than the other books. Mm -hmm. It was softer than, than uh, Stephanie's book. It was softer than like um, how to raise, you know, a a Mm -hmm. child in spite of your doctor. And it took like, it basically gave you the, an objective pros and cons without my opinion. Whereas a lot of the other books would give you the pros and cons and then their conclusion of, you know, don't do it. Do I left th- that conclusion like like out of the book. Do you think the conclusion for you would sort of be implied, though, because of all of the um, peppered statements that are in there of the conclusion is still sort of like, but these are important and everybody should do them kind of thing? Um, I kind of felt like I so thoroughly presented the risks of aluminum. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't soften that. I feel like I was upfront about that and the risks because of, that's not really attacking vaccines that's attacking an right, ingredient, ingredient in right vaccines right. yeah right and then I, I think i was very upfront with you know what the risk of encephalitis is and what the risk of encephalopathy and seizures i was pretty upfront with with that but i feel like i feel like that was sort of in the back of the book and so i think a lot of people were very much drawn towards my alternative schedules sure. feeling like, well, if I've written about them and they're in the book and I'm do that's what I'm doing in my office. Right. You know, it must be, you know, very, very safe. It must be completely safe. I don't have to worry about all these side effects because I'm doing it more slowly. And I think a lot of people were, were, were drawn to that and liked that idea. And so that was kind of like one group of people, but then there was also a group of people that basically read my objective information and decided, gosh, there's more risk here than I'm comfortable with. Mm. I'm not going to vaccinate because I, I don't want to take the risk. I'm not going to put aluminum into my child. And so some people also kind of took that conclusion from the book. I think well, it's definitely kind of brought people into the discussion being mainstream. You mm-hmm. know, it's funny that people in our movement criticize people for being mainstream. But you have to understand being mainstream includes the most amount of people. And being mainstream is being inclusive of all different viewpoints on the topic. Your goal is not to just push everybody over to the side and say, everybody needs to not vaccinate. Like, that's not my goal. That's not your goal. I've never told anybody that they just shouldn't vaccinate. What I want them to do is have the information to make a good decision about it that is, you know, kind of weighing these pros and cons and have access to the other side of the information. But that has nothing to do with what you hope or think they're going to do on the other side of it. Everybody has free will and choice. So if you are more extreme, then your audience is going to be a lot smaller because there are people who don't even know about this. And so they're, hey, I'm having a baby. I'm kind of on research vaccines. Oh, here's this book called The Vaccine Book. Let me get it. And that's kind of giving like this introduction to the topic, to a very complex topic to people who would otherwise not know it. And it brings a level of awareness, like you're saying, by being mainstream, had you been a lot more on one side, you would have had a much smaller audience. Oh, yes. A lot yeah. less people would have been exposed to that information. And now many of the people, so um, I remember have somebody telling me about the alternative schedule, your mm-hmm. alternative schedule. Yeah. And I, that's why I only picked two um, 
for her first appointment and I remember asking the pediatrician which two are the most important and it was kind of I remember looking at the alternative schedule somewhere and seeing that and kind of going okay what's necessary or what's the least amount and how to space them out or whatever um of course as we know it doesn't matter for some kids right if you do one or two it could still be too many and spacing out doesn't prevent injuries for everybody but we know that loading them up definitely increases the likelihood of injuries so it's not a guaranteed way to keep people from keep children from being injured but it definitely you know makes sense that it would reduce that risk. But somebody like me, I had no understanding about vaccines at all. I knew not a single person that didn't vaccinate. So if I'm going to do it, which is what I was thinking I'm doing because this is what everybody does, then Mm. I'm moving forward in that path. Then that would be like a book I would read. And then you'd learn more about it. And then as you learn more about it, you would find yourself deciding which side of the fence that you're on. But it just makes a lot more sense to people who criticize that mainstream view, and I know you've had critics in our community for being so mainstream because they feel like, oh, you're promoting vaccines and we know vaccines cause injury. And it's like, no, you're promoting choice. You're promoting choice for all patients. You know, if somebody's completely informed on this issue and they choose to get a medication, a prescription, a medical intervention, a pharmaceutical product, that is their choice. You can't take choice away from somebody even if you know how bad it is for them. Right. Or you think it's going to be bad for them. Um, There are side effects to every medication and people prescribe medication, you know, by the hundreds of thousands, you know, every single year. You can't not do it. It's a patient's choice. You give a recommendation, but it's their choice so you always supported choice by by kind of appealing to that mainstream you were allowing the majority of people to get information that would have otherwise not gotten that information and that and that really was the way that you felt obviously at that time so that all was kind of in alignment um, with your belief system but it's like that was I think a blessing to so many by being that way because you were allowed, you were getting to people who otherwise would not have probably by a factor of 20 to one, maybe 30 to one. Yeah. And that was totally my goal was to be able to reach way more people with the objective information. And if I, if I could keep an an agenda out of it and put all the, you know, science-based information that might be negative about vaccines, but it's scientifically valid, put all of that in the book. But in a way where I'm not going to, lead you to any one decision you know Mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know require you to to make an educated decision and educate yourself and weigh the pros and cons and you know weigh the the disease risk versus the vaccine risk and um and i i kind of i I sort of came to believe that yes i feel like doing fewer vaccines at a time doing them more slowly delaying some i do feel like that is a safer way to do it and i feel like you will see fewer reactions Mm -hmm. I've I've talked to a lot of people over the years where they only did one vaccine and they were injured. Sure. Or they they did like they did like the the first three or four months of of an alternative schedule and on that fourth month they were injured. Mm-hmm. Even though and like like your child your uh, you know, you did it spaced out and and still and mm-hmm. still injured. So I came to believe that. Um, there's a certain segment of our population has some sort of genetics or something about their metabolism that's going to make them way more susceptible to vaccine injury. So one vaccine could mm-hmm. do it. And, and I feel like maybe that like there's a huge segment of our population that maybe, you know, could seem to handle vaccines. If you, you spread them out or go slowly, they could maybe handle them 
right? And or their reactions might be much, much more subtle. Yes, yeah, subtle over time. Right, right, subtle, and and the chance of having like a very severe immediate mm-hmm. reaction could be very, very small. But there could be chronic underlying you right. know, negative effects that are going to maybe happen to, to almost everybody that mm-hmm. your body deals with in a variety of ways. But I feel like there's there's a segment of the population that even any alternative schedule is going to is going right. to not mix well with their body and so i came to kind of realize that you know over the years and um, did that lead you to some book changes in your most yeah. recent edition yeah yeah so you know last year i uh i kind of finally got around to rewriting the the book and then there was all kinds of delays in it and actually i, I think i finished rewriting it like a year and a half ago and then there were some delays, and so after SB two seven six, you know that fight last year in California, I was able to actually do some more changes, and and so and so I f- finished the changes. Um, I think last November, and then uh, something delayed the printing, and then COVID hit, and so it actually just just came out. I think just a couple weeks ago. Um, so what was the difference now with this new edition? Yeah, so it's 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 labeled. It, it looks the same. The cover is the same, but on the inside it says third edition. So that's how you would know. And it it's, says you know 2019 on the inside. Um, I really added a whole element to the on the politics of vaccination and how to help fight how to fight mandatory vaccine laws in your state. Like kind of some of the main talking points and you know political strategies. Um, I fully updated all the diseases and vaccine brands and and everything there. That's kind of easy to do. Um, let's see. I up. I really reworked the aluminum section because I think there's a lot you and I have learned about aluminum and some of the new research on mm. aluminum that 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 we've learned from Dr. Exley and Dr. Shaw. And so that was kind of fun to be able to to add that part. Um, I added lots of very interesting stuff about herd immunity. I think if, if you've heard me kind of give my herd immunity spiel on, on the podcast, I really lay that out in the book. And I really describe um, kind of my impression and my observations of the, of the non-vaccinating family, like what I've learned from them over the years mm. and what I think about their health and, and kind of what seems like a, a grand irony. And I, you know, I, I hope, more and more people decide to do research on this because it'd be great if we actually had some good research comparing non-vaccinating children's health to those who have vaccinated and to those who have partially vaccinated. We have some preliminary research on it, but it's very small. Right. Um, and But I sort of shared on what my impression is of those families that I that I hope might someday be be borne out in research. Um, so those are some of the some of the changes, but I think one of the one of the main differences is I, I completely rewrote the chapter on alternative vaccine schedules. Like I totally changed it into a chapter on me basically walking people through the decision and every aspect of the decision and every option and how do you factor this disease and what's you know what's this disease risk based on your age and and you know these vaccines and you know, going to school and, and how does herd immunity factor in and, and what is the risk of, of side effects? And I kind of, I think I did a much better chapter on walking you through that than the earlier versions of the book. Um, but then I did decide, I felt it was important to me to basically remove the alternative vaccine schedules from the book to not have them in the book anymore. You can find them online. They're mm-hmm. available online. You can search them out. Um, because I felt like that was um, 
I felt like I, since I'm not your doctor, mm. I didn't want to basically make the medical decision for you and say, here's the actual, the actual way to do it. Mm. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to read all this and educate yourself and you're going to uh, make the decision, you know, among you with yourself and maybe with your doctor that you're going to go ahead with vaccines, you need a doctor to guide you through that. And, and a doctor to basically say, okay, we're going to do this vaccine this month and this vaccine the next month. We're going to do these two now. And you're going to have to find a doctor to kind of work that out with you because it's complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, there's 69 doses. Um, and I felt much better about people finding a vaccine friendly doctor, which, you know, which we kind of give resources, you know, in the book there, I think the, the best place to find the, the vaccine friendly doctor list nowadays, I think is Dr. Green mom, you know, Dr. Green mom has a website and on there she has like how to find a, a vaccine friendly doctor. Oh, it's on my website too, my book's website, uh, the vaccine That website was gone for several years. Mm. Uh, you know, it was, it was like offline for several years. I just reactivated it. So I wanted patients to find a vaccine friendly doctor to basically work yeah. out an individual schedule instead of taking it, you know, you know, taking it out of my book. So I felt much better about that. And I, I love this new version. I think it, it it much more accurately reflects all the latest ideas that you and I have put together over these recent years in a way that that just kind of, I think, gives the, the reader a much more complete uh, look at the vaccine decision. And so, yeah, I'm very I happy think about I, it. I think I've definitely earned a trip to Cancun then as a result <laughs> of all the research I've led you to that yes. helped you for your new yes. edition of the book. Yeah. Just kidding. But, okay, so... To kind of conclude with this, I want to know something. I want to know two things, the high and the low kind of of your career in medicine. What was like the high? What was some best memory experience event or something where you just knew that this was always going to stick with you? Well, I, would say, high, well I would say the high that doesn't necessarily have to do with with vaccines, mm -hmm. really, the, the high point was bailing, and I'll tell you the low point because it's, it's similar. The high point was bailing on medical insurance, you know, uh, canceling all my medical insurance contracts um, with, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I was just miserable, mm -hmm. you know, trying to see, you know, seven, eight checkups an hour and, you know, eight sick kids an hour, you know, rushing them through and, and I, my patients wanted more. I wanted to give more. And so I basically said, I, I can't do it with insurance anymore. I lost half my patients, which we knew we would. We expected we would because there is a certain number of patients that, that just basically want to use their insurance and don't mind those 10-minute mm. checkups. But all the patients that wanted those 20, 30-minute checkups and didn't mind spending $120 on a checkup, that's all it was. Um, well, especially they're not going and, that often anyway. Right, right. So. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... So, oh, I could just sit there and, and do like 20-minute checkups, answer questions. And get to know the family. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the relationships I built with these families uh, has been so rewarding. Now I know these kids. I know the parents. I know the kids. And, and I know them so much better. And they know me, too. They, they, like, they kind of care about me. I mean, patients will ask me, how are you doing? You know, and mm -hmm. I'll say, oh, I'm doing great. They'll, no, really, how, how are you doing? And I'll be like, okay, then we talk a little bit about how I'm doing. And, and you know, sometimes it's a 30-minute checkup just because, you know, it's maybe you know, it's a, a slower day. And that made me such a happier person. 
I mean, I was just, I went from being stressed and miserable to being, being super happy. And, and I remember the, I remember the patient that kind of, so that was sort of like a, a low point that led to a high point. And so when I got rid of insurance, I, that, that became, uh, very stressful financially. Cheryl was super stressed. We were like moving and like you're remodeling the house. You know, it was the worst time to, to not, you know, make enough money. So was the low uh, then losing the clientele as a result? Well, no, no. So, well, yeah, no, no, I think, so that was kind of like a, there was a low point that led mm-hmm. to a real high. Mm-hmm. It, so much happier. And I kept making just as much money mm. just seeing half the patients and way happier. So everyone was happier. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that's just led to you know many years of of having a very happy, calm, quiet practice. And um, a low point, however, was losing the military insurance because I kept the military insurance. Right, I remember. So I said by all other insurances, but I kept because I had about four hundred families on Camp Pendleton right here that I was that was a joy to see. They needed a pediatrician who would listen to them with vaccines, right? So right. I was I was there to serve them, and I was happy to take you know the you know, the, the insurance rates on that because, you know, everyone wants to support the military. So as to me is a great privilege to do that. So then the low point, when I went through all my medical board stuff, uh, part of the consequence of being on medical board probation that we've talked about on this podcast was all insurances will, will say goodbye to you. And so that was fine because I'd already said goodbye to mm-hmm. everyone else, you know, 13 years ago, but the military insurance said goodbye to me. And then, so all those patients, I think, I, I think three or four of them still come to me, but financially they, they just were, were not able to anymore. So that was a big loss. And I, I still feel that loss and yeah. people still call our office, you know, from the military wondering if we take it and, you know, we have to say no and but we'll still see them, you know, at a, at a right. discount. But, um, I mean, that was kind of a low point. Of course, all the medical board stuff was a low point, which is kind of, I always say I kind of signed up for it. You know, I mean, I, if I'm going to take that alternative, unpopular view on vaccines, the, the establishment has ways to come after you mm-hmm. and ways that I didn't realize. You know, like I didn't care if, you know, insurance doesn't like me because I don't take insurance. I don't care if other doctors don't like me because I don't need them to like me. And But it turns out there is a... Uh, a a professional board that has the authority to to oversee how you practice and most professions have such a professional board and so when you think outside the box and you operate outside the box using an unpopular way to do things even and there's if it's a, evidence-based even if it's mm-hmm. evidence-based yeah and there's an there's a board who oversees you who likes the mainstream right that puts you at, at an interesting risk mm-hmm. that that came at me out of nowhere. That was a, a big surprise to me. That, that, was, that was a low point, definitely. So now, are any of your kids looking to go into medicine? Yes. The good news is my uh, middle child is uh, applying to medical schools. So um, he's looking at going into medicine. And um, What is he thinking for specialization? Um, I don't know. I don't know, but he... Uh, we don't talk much about vaccines. Uh, I don't talk with, with any of my kids much about vaccines yeah. until now. My oldest kid has a grandbaby, so we've been talking a lot about it. But um, I feel like he's similar to me. He's open-minded, and he's naturally oriented. And so I think, yeah, I, I would imagine he would certainly be the kind of doctor that would accept patients who don't vaccinate 
or who want a, an alternative way to go about doing it. But he's, he's not in medical school, so he would be mm-hmm. at least eight years away right. from actually See. realizing mm-hmm. and becoming a practicing doctor. Yeah. So what is on the horizon for you? Anything interesting? Um, more rest. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to make me keep doing things? Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> Outside I'm, of the podcast tour. I know. I mean, you know, I'm, I will, I want to keep practicing, of course. Um, you know, our, our youngest child's going off to college and that's kind of a great joy. So I'm entering that phase in life where it's just like, kind of like get to take a little breath and relax and kind of get up in the morning and there's no one to take care of and no one to make breakfast for and it's it's happy and sad right mm-hmm. but i'm kind of feeling like I, I i don't necessarily have a desire to take on more and do like more and more things get busier mm-hmm. I, i'm almost wanting to to shift you know focus my attention on, on this vaccine fight i think that's something i'm always going to do especially because i have someone fun and and intelligent and inspiring and someone motivating you know who's my friend that I can do this with so that I, I need mean. to interview her <laughs> so so I mean that motivates me so I feel like I'm always going to want to do that but I don't I don't know that I'm I'm have the energy to just like you know I don't know just full-time go out and completely try to change the world I feel like I need to kind of keep doing it I don't know through through my writing through podcasting in a ways that's sustainable for me you know, and, and I still totally want to do our, our, our video podcast project and make mm-hmm. a film of it. I'm, I'm definitely passionate about that. But I'll always do this issue. I don't think I'm going to ever take on another issue. I think it's, this is always going to be the issue for me. And it gives me great joy to talk to any parent about the vaccine decision and provide materials for parents to read. So that I thrive on that. But I have to admit, I'm, I'm tired. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to go through a little bit of time of life right now where where I'm sitting at home and there's nothing to do. I can sit in the backyard and read and, yeah. you know, go down to the Harbor and, and kayak, you know, thing. my sister gave me her kayak. I get to go, you know, take that for spins around the Harbor, um, you know, exercise, um, and, and work, you know, continue to work some and, uh, keep doing what we're doing. And as long as we can do it, I don't know. I, I don't know. You tell me. Do I have anything new that I, <laughs> no, that I no. don't know about? But we, you have your new release of your book. You have your other book, John Philip Ryan book. Um, yeah, that's been fun. I, yeah, we didn't even talk about that, but that's been a wonderful joy to to uh, to talk about that. People can. I mean, people can basically they can find that on. I was say, where can they follow well, you and kind of find information yeah. on you outside of just the vaccine issue? Your own specific thing. Where's your social media content? Yeah, I'd say it's. I mean, it's basically there's uh, johnphilipryan.com is that book. There's thevaccinebook.com is that book. There's Dr. Bob Sears on Facebook. I don't post a lot anymore because I feel like Facebook just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Um, I have a Dr. Bob Sears Instagram that I don't post much on, but I, I kind of do. And I don't know. I think, um, I'd say this podcast, honestly, is probably the place where I will share the most, you know, personal details of my life and keep people updated and chat with people. And I mean, I feel like, you know, even if, if this eventually slows down, I feel like there's always going to be a, Hey, let's come back and do a few or let's, you know, let, let, and, you know, catch up and, and keep connected that way. So there's that. And there's a podcast tour, of course, but I'm just going to keep on doing it. Keep on doing it until, uh, 
until I can't do it anymore. And you can learn a little bit more about Dr. Bob Sears on my podcast, What They Aren't Telling You, as we talk about the unpopular opinion. And we will wrap that up. Yeah, and I forgot about IEG. Duh. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, since I've gotten away from Facebook, I haven't done much with Immunity Education Group, but I mean, we have immunityeducationgroup.org. That's kind of where our, our podcast kind of like our tour kind of is hosted from. So if you want to podcast reference sources and stuff. Yeah. So I think if you want to kind of maybe follow the podcast, keep, you know, keep tabs on immunityeducationgroup.org and, and we, you know, that's our nonprofit that we do that we're, you know, do work through as well. So there's all these different angles that I'm just as passionate about now uh, as I, as I always have been. And it was just kind of interesting to be in this time of life where I also need to take time to, to not always just vacation, but sometimes just got to sit and, and do sure. nothing, let your brain relax. But anyway. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on the Vaccine Conversation, Dr. Bob. Well, thank Sears. you for having me, Melissa. This has With been Melissa a, and Dr. Bob. A joy. <laughs> so thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode, getting to know a little more about Dr. Bob. Um, and I should interview you. No. Maybe I think I'm good. Maybe season three. Maybe uh, season three. We'll see if we'll I do back. anything fantastic between now and then and <laughs> have a reason to be interviewed. But uh, pe- most people are on this podcast. They're here for you. So no, they want to. They came for me. They, they stay for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, whatever it is, it works. And we love you guys. And I can't wait to see you on tour soon. And thank you for joining us on this episode of the Vaccine Conversation. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. Always consult your healthcare professional for information on vaccines and infectious diseases.